Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Happy holidays and jingle my bells and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. I am Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and being a tooth fairy didn't sound so bad to me. You only work nights and you've always got a little chunk in your pocket. And I'm Carter and can you hunk a secret? I am a secret. Oof. <laughs> hey, why are you the hunk, Carter? I was going to work. <laughs> I didn't mean to go to. Well, I was going to work. I just want to bang uh, on this drum all day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to work driving down the Interstate 30 Highway. Mm-hmm. Is it an interstate and, or a highway? Hey, can I be honest? I don't know the difference. Highway runs only in your state. It's more localized. An interstate takes you between states. There I don't have believe it. you. I think he's mm-hmm. right. I think I'm right. I don't know if I'm right. I think I am. Feels it right. sounds right. It sounds right. But how, enough, am I, right? how am I expected to remember that? I don't like which ones to. go where? Uh, I got a flat tire on the mm. way to work. That's the worst. Um, interestingly, it was like a my back right tire. I definitely ran over something. Mm. At first, it kind of felt like if you've ever run over cardboard yeah. on the highway. I was like, okay. False alarm, like this isn't that bad. But then I could hear the womp, 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 womp of Ugh. like a flat. So I pull over, put the hazards on. Um, remember for some reason in vivid detail, being 16 years old, getting my license and my dad teaching me how to change a flat. Can't remember the last time I did it. It might've been when I was getting trained for that many, many <laughs> years ago. Couldn't I get the lug nuts off because that's really hard. I got my, got my wrench out, got my spare, put the spare on. Uh, well, before I could put the spare on, I had to get these uh, these uh, lug nuts, these bolts off. <laughs> I was about to say, we're missing a step unless you just went double-wielding your tire. No, I didn't just double-wield. But I, it, it was something I couldn't even do with my arms. Like with my, I, I, like with all the force I was, was putting in all the torque. Were you so stepping said, on it? I had to step on it. I had to get up yeah. on it and basically like Stomp. rock on the car and like jump on the wheel of this thing to get them done. Got it done. Filled it up. Went to discount tire, tire replaced. Uh, it was a big day. It felt good. Yeah. I had a lot to do that day. 
And so that took, ended up taking about two and a half hours. Ooh, fun. That's tough. Out of my morning. Was it cold? Was it cold when you were doing that too? This was the really cold day we had. This That's, week. of course it was. It was about 35 degrees. Oof. There's somebody oh. listening somewhere that's laughing that we think that's cold, but right, it's Texas, there might, so that's there cold. There might honestly be somebody listening that saw me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> there, there is a chance that somebody saw me uh, jumping up and down on my car like a tailgate party or something. Like the beginning of La La Land. They're like, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. But yeah, <clears throat> I felt pretty good about it. It made me, it made me feel autonomous. You know, like I can, yeah. just dig, I can get through this myself. Powerful. <laughs> so I was kind of discouraged to see that y'all were going to help me host today. I don't have to, <laughs> just by the way. I'm kind of doing this whole me thing recently. Yeah. Just being able to That's handle fine. things. But yeah, this I'm, is also good. This is fine. <clears throat> okay. I think it'll well, be helpful. As long as you're cool with it, I'd love to stay, but I don't have to. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to change the tire of this podcast by uh, allowing us to shift into talking about a movie, which is something... That I think oh, we should wow. start trying out um, wow. every what once a good, in a while. What a good segue. So uh, this is the final Seamless. movie of our streaming of a white Christmas series. This is the last one. And uh, what, a, what a way to end it, you know? Um, this is Carter's offering he brought from the Disney Plus. I heard this is um, Carter's favorite movie. I did hear this is Carter's favorite movie. He brings it to us on Number a silver one. platter. And <clears> it, uh, Number one fave. It is known locally and globally as... Godmothered. Godmothered. And in order to start talking about it truly and really, I need Doge to uh, give us a synopsis. Can you do that for me? Sure can, but it's not for you. This week's IMDb synopsis has no author, which of course means that it sprung fully formed from the head of Zeus like Athena, as all anonymous synopsises do. Synopsis. I'll I'll start trying to do like a lightning strike anytime it's a fully formed from the head of Zeus. Perfect. That was good. That was not bad. A young and unskilled fairy godmother ventures out on her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request for help was ignored. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's accurate, at least. It's factually valid. So, okay. So I guess my first question is, are we starting? Yeah. You know, like we're starting? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're Uh, starting. I hate this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. I have... Only a few times in my life had to stop halfway through a movie to go do something to wake myself up. So I had about 50 minutes into this movie, I just stopped in the middle of a sentence and I looked at Callie and I said, I think this is the 12th time that I have realized that I was falling asleep and like jolted (laughs) back awake. And I don't do that. I never fall asleep in movies. So I I got up and I took a shower to wake myself up. (laughs) I was realizing uh, as I'm thinking back through my experience watching the movie, I I didn't do this. I was very attentive sitting on the couch watching this movie locked in, you know, but it feels like a movie that I was on my phone for. Yep. That I was just like flipping through stuff mm-hmm. and not really paying full attention because it's just like, I don't know. I have a hard time pinpointing exactly what it is that goes so wrong for me Th- in this, this movie. Is- I have I have certainly watched worse movies, but this was one of the worst movie watching experiences. You know what I mean? Like this isn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but this is the worst watching experience I've had in a long, long time. Like right. to, I to could help us not define engage. the difference between okay, so watching like, experience and liking a movie. No, I think that's great. Jupiter Ascending is a bad movie, but I was laughing great so much experience. that sticking with it was easy. Yeah. 
This movie is, I would say, not even as bad as Jupiter Ascending as far as like grand sum total. Right. Um, this was so much harder to watch than Jupiter Ascending. Like every moment, every minute watching, this movie felt like it was eight hours long. I mean, I think it yeah. certainly doesn't help that we watched Enchanted earlier this year. So that's that's something I would love to talk about is that this movie is elf and enchanted and just bad. Like it's it's the it's both of those things together and not any of the good of either of them. Yeah. I'll say I, I did not have nearly as bad an experience as, as y'all did. I'm glad. I didn't have an, a fully enjoyable spirit experience. I didn't hate yeah. it. But I will super dump now because yeah. my yeah. super dump is uh, there is no piece of this movie that feels unique to me. Right. right. I could almost point to every single element and say, you got that from blank. Yeah. Um, and that's a different kind of rushed, I think. You know, Hallmark rushed is, uh, uh, you know, let's just do pieces of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There seemed to be a difference of, uh, it felt like Disney had a bunch of things that they knew kind of worked uh, that were either their own um, intellectual property, their own IP, or it was something outside of that. You know, like Elf yeah. and things like that. And then they just right. kind of pull it all together and be like, okay, this will make a Christmas movie. Here's a couple charming leads <clears throat> normally. Right. <laughs> Usually. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it just, I was trying to think like, why did I enjoy Feliz Navidad more than this? Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I hated Feliz Navidad. <laughs> it's, right. It is worse. It is a worse movie than this, like on yeah. paper. Yeah. I think um, it's because this movie has no idea what it is. Correct. Like, like I think it is like set up and structured to be like a kid's movie, like a kid that loves princesses and like kind of that whole fairy godmother types of stories. Uh, it's set up to be that way, but then the dialogue does not support that. It feels like, like I don't know, like for example, the the jokes don't feel quite good enough for parents and don't feel quite like kid enough for a kid's movie. Yeah, right. It's just like this weird in-between thing. Right. There's a, there's um, a wonderfully charming like juxtaposition of Elf and him growing up in something fantastical and then coming to the real world. Yes. And just being genuinely shocked about the real world. Right. That was so diluted. That whole element was so just blah in this movie that it really affected everything else. So you yeah. can't you can't have both is what the one of the biggest problems is, is you can't have um Jillian Bell's character whose name escapes me. You can't have Eleanor both be confused by the human world and also make jokes about, you've never heard of FaceTime before? Like, yeah. you can't have both of those things. Um, she she has to either be completely aloof and unaware or, so that's the thing, right? She Elf Buddy is funny because he's an outsider in his own world. Eleanor is only an outsider because she wants to do a good job. Like, the thing that makes her an outsider is she's, interested in doing what she's supposed to be doing. It's not that she's bad at it or anything. Like she's just young and wants to do a good job at it. And so, yeah, my, my super dump is the writing. This script is terrible. Uh, yeah. This is an awful, awful script that I can tell by the way was just kind of had Christmas tacked onto it. Like Christmas, the word Christmas was said once. Right. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, we did play some holiday music. In our yeah, soundtrack. play some holiday music. But there's just, there's no need for this to be, you know, you look at something like Die Hard, it's set at Christmas, but that's just the setting. But this is clearly billed as that. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just- <laughs> I love when Eleanor was like, ho, 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 I have a magic wand now. That yeah, was really right. cool. 
Um, Written in I just, blood. I love Jillian Bell. I think she's funny and everything. And she, I didn't laugh one single time at her in this movie. And that can only be the writing because she is funny. Well, I think that's the thing though, is like, was it ever reaching to make me laugh or is it trying to make a, a kid laugh? I think a kid would enjoy this much more than I did. Yeah. Maybe. For sure. I don't know. I that's so. And I think that's why I'm having such a hard time judging this is because like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is Elf, right? Or well, if, if this is Paw Patrol, right? In I terms of its audience. That, yeah, <laughs> right. but I do think we would be able to recognize what would be good for kids, like a good kid show. What's sure, the point yeah. of casting Jillian Bell and Isla Fisher if it's not for everybody? Like, that's what I'm saying. Well, it saying. was supposed to be, I think. But I think, I think, isn't Doe's just trying to say, I wonder if this just appeals more to kids? Like this, yeah, in, like are, are talking they, about the writing and-, and Well, are they like aiming, are they aiming for something that's like transcendent of age group like Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm sure if, they are. I think they are aiming for that they because otherwise, why cast Jillian Bell and Isla Fisher? And, and I think they completely whiffed at that. Yeah. Um, I knew, by the way, so I knew that I would hate this movie the third time that Jillian Bell just screamed for 10 seconds. Yeah. I, I have never had such a bad first impression on a movie. I'm going to go ahead and super dump right now yeah, the narration. Oh my gosh, how it's long awful. it takes this movie to start and how we keep <laughs> we keep being like, the movie's underway. And then, and yeah. then Eleanor went to the, her friends to ask if they should go to the war. And it's like, just, <laughs> we can't start our movie because we keep having these extended pieces of narration that don't let us get our story well, going. And it's trying to do that cutesy thing where it's like, but that's not this kind of story. And it's, well, that's like, all right, it's man. Elf, right? Like we yeah. do that in Elf and it's way better in Elf. But there's so much of it. Like, yeah, Bob, the, Bob Newhart better than uh, our character in this. But I, I did enjoy Squibb that character. Did I not. Had fun with her. Did mm -hmm. not. I didn't like it. So she grated on every nerve in my body. Didn't wow. like it at all. Dude, I, like I, I had, and I, I went into this, I promise you, I hit play. Going, Jillian Bell, Isla Fisher, let's get this. This is yeah. going to be funny. I watched and the charming. trailer last week and was like, oh, that looks like more of the same kind of flavor of Enchanted, which I loved. Yeah, yeah I, I was ready to like it. And within three minutes was like, what have I pressed play on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even go into this expecting to hate it. And I, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, so the, let's talk about the narrator for a second. I don't want to besmirch. I don't want to besmirch June Squibb herself because no. I'm sure that used correctly, she is probably very fun. This character sucks. Right. No, I think she's she's garlic powder and this is hot chocolate. Right. They're both good things. They just don't go together. Correct. And 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 her vibe is bad. This movie does not need narration. It's no. not necessary. It doesn't help in any but way. That's, that was the confusing thing to me, though, is we're narrating it like... Not even filling in gaps that aren't happening on screen. Right. Like, I, I think we can, I can forgive narration if it's like, if we're showing Eleanor at school and the narration is like, Eleanor couldn't sleep last night because she was so worried she might not be to be a fairy godmother. But we're, we're literally narrating things as they're happening on screen, which right. made me feel like, is this for a six-year-old? Is that kind of like the Grinch? The old one? Or that's poetic though, Grinch right? You know, like that's on purpose because a story's being Grinch, told. Because the Grinch was a poem for like a long mm -hmm. rhyming book first. So if you don't have that narration, you like you're not making a Grinch movie because that's, that's a right. core component of the story. What about I, uh, 500 Days of Summer? 
I think that's different because that gives insight into the characters. I, I think that's, and it's kind of tongue in cheek too a little this bit. This narration has no flavor at all. You know what I mean? This narration is literally describing what's happening on the screen, uh, especially when we're explaining like the motivations of our of the evil fairy godmother principal, whatever her name is. You know what I'm talking about? The evil mm-hmm. lady, the lady who runs the school, who's grouchy until she's not. Yeah. We're literally yeah, explaining right. her motivations as she's acting out those motives. Like we could cut the narration and lose nothing. Right. Right. It, it, yeah. The narration plays out like audio descriptions for under like yeah. the accessibility things for like those that um, that have like lost sight to the point where they can't see what's yeah. happening on the screen. And so they have these audio descriptions that just sort of lay out what's going on. That was our narration. Yeah. Um, and it, it just felt so unnecessary. And then I have issue, <laughs> I take issue with, like so, are our godmothers? Are they a Tolkien esque race, like elves? Are they? Is there just sort of like magic beings, and they choose to go to the school of godmother? Like, why is Eleanor so young, and all the rest of them are old? Is she like the godmother Messiah who was born after years of no babies? Why, like, <laughs> wait, what? It's like a real I'm, children of men situation. <laughs> but I'm I'm being serious though, because it's like what? Why? I guess I'm supposed to be on board with like Eleanor's young, and all of them are old. And she wants to do a good job and all of them are bored and yeah. they're tired. But it's just like, why though? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to figure yeah, out at the beginning. Your grown up might be showing at that point. I think that then it is. Then don't a- cast Jillian Bell and Isla. F- I'm just saying you can't have both. And they clearly wanted both and appealed to neither, I think. You that know? feels like a different topic than talking about being confused by the world, the godmothering world. Or I don't, that, yeah, that I don't honestly so. didn't ever occur to me to I figure don't, out, like, to think of like, where do they come from? But I think, I don't think so. Maybe maybe you're right. But when I think of something like Elf, we get questions answered. Buddy's an outsider because not an elf. Easy. If I'm expected to buy that she's the only one that wants godmothering to continue enough to go try and do it again, I need something more than just she's young and wants to do a good job. Yeah. Um, as far as like the, the world of the godmothers, yeah, that might be the adult thing of like explain something to me. But it's just weird. Don't I don't know. That, yeah. I minded that a lot. Bothered me. But I think by that point, I was ready to be bothered. (laughs) I really do. I I think the first three minutes turned me off so bad that I was just like, all right, hate watch. Let's do it. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I kept trying. I kept trying to give it more chances as I was going through. Even pop some popcorn. If uh, all you listeners out there, if you happen to meet Jordan in person sometime, don't don't have too much pressure on those first three minutes with him. Um (laughs) Because I can tell you it could ruin the rest of y'all's relationship. So I'm slower to burn the bridge on people than I am on artistic direction. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not much slower. I'll give you about 10. I'll give you about 10 minutes in person. But yeah. If you present I'm to out. me an All art right. project, I got you got three to catch me. It's the first it's hate the, trend. It's, it's the first 10 guitar notes of Mr. Brightside for a movie. Those first 10 notes grab me so hard. Yeah. Uh, but the first three minutes of this movie. Just absolutely do not. We haven't even gotten to Isla Fisher and the human characters yet, right? Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now. Uh, my super pump is Isla Fisher. She's trying so she's hard. She's trying. She's really, yeah. really trying, and she feels like the only, for the most part, to me, she felt like the only, like even remotely well thought through character. And I actually love the idea of a young girl who wished for a godmother and never got one now as an adult gets one and has to cope with magic. You know what I mean? Like that can be good and it just wasn't. 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, Isla Fisher herself um, just trying and trying to put this whole movie on her back and carry it uh, is my super pump. Her transformation made me lol. Coming out of the beauty parlor. <laughs> just like we not in a ponytail anymore. <laughs> we were supposed yeah. to have a moment that was like, wow. So beautiful now. <laughs> and everybody's noticing her hair and stuff. And I was like, what? She it's, just, she just is put it her different? hair down. It's not yeah. different. <laughs> it's just not in a ponytail. <laughs> oh, oh no. my goodness. That's like when yeah. you guys see me without a hat. You're just That's like, exactly oh, what it's You like. look so different. <laughs> my super pump is Barb. I thought Who? Barb was hilarious. She's the newscaster. Oh, she was ridiculous. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I... I enjoyed all of her seconds on screen. She was, she was very funny. Super silly and straight out of like an SNL skit or something. Yeah, I liked but her. But I, I thought she was hilarious. And it felt like there was a situation in the writing room where she was like, all that stuff is stupid. Y'all just let me improv, all right? Just pay <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm just going to do what I want. And she kind of, her dialogue felt outside of the movie. Maybe that's why I liked her so yeah. much. It felt like from another movie. I have to it's believe like that that's exactly between, what happened. Somewhere between a Christmas movie and an Anchorman movie. Yeah. You know, it was like, I thought she was hilarious and, and she was a, definitely a bright spot that there wasn't enough of here. I have yeah. to believe the amount of care and desire to make a movie was so low that when she came in and was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. They were like, yeah, that's fine. What, yeah, sure, that's what, right. what we wrote was a dumpster fire anyway, so just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that that has to be the vibe on set for this movie. What, what was the like production timeline? Of it? Was this a rushed COVID production? Do y'all know? I, yeah, I, I would assume so. Let me look. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, I don't know. Like, did they plan on making this movie before this, before like last month? I mean, I would, yes. I would, yes, I would think so. Okay, I can't find anything about production schedule. Um, yeah, I'm just curious because this does, I don't know. I mean, it like, this is a big budget feature like with the long shoot and like, you know, it's it doesn't look cheap. Yeah, Just trying to figure true. out like how, like how do they do this and why? Yeah. <laughs> why is my big question. Like, who is it for, I think man? They, I think they want to do something like this every year and they had Noel year one for Disney Plus. And I so it was an actual Noel. Christmas movie. And I thought Noel, Noel was, was a lot better than yeah. this. But this this did feel like a third yeah. third cousin twice removed. Just didn't quite do it. But that's got to be it, right? Like I remember being surprised when I got Disney Plus as a platform that there wasn't some kind of blatant Christmas show Outs right. outside of uh, you know the the Lego Star Wars Christmas special, which is what we almost did and right. probably should have. <laughs> looking back, this you know no, this, this is had, good there discussion. Was just a lot of there was a handful of of not mistakes, but there's other ways we could have gone. During this month, but that's okay. <laughs> Look, I think sometimes you discussion. find out you find out what you like by finding out what you don't like, that's and true. I think this is this is an equally valid discussion. Um, and of course, you know, when I like something, I love it, and when I dislike something, I hate it, and that's how things go for me. But <laughs> I really, really, really hate this movie, and I think that is okay to talk about because, um, you know. I, that maybe there's somebody who really loved this. I hope not. I, I want better for you than that. Like, I really do want better for you than that. But maybe there's somebody who is listening to this and is like, are you kidding me? Did we watch the same thing? Um, and it, I, I feel like uh, culture right now is so attuned to what is streaming and mm -hmm. when those things come out, especially mm -hmm. because we lost the movie theaters this year, 
that if this was something that uh, at least enough people genuinely thought was good, we would have heard about it. Yeah, outside yeah. of me just having to I find so. it on the main page. And even then, it's not really up there. It's yeah. a lot of Mandalorian right now. <laughs> Looks like right. they had to bury yeah. it. Yeah, you had to dig so, to find this, huh? Even I though think, it's brand new. I think overall, especially on the streaming platforms, uh, opinions that you would hear outside of your own around the time of a release are usually pretty good ones. Like they're, they're relatively reliable. If a lot of people are like, you should, that's the reason I watched Ted Lasso. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just because I had so many people that were like, oh my gosh, Ted Lasso is so good. I'm not, I was not expecting Godmother to be that kind of situation, but sure. Klaus was that on Netflix last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a bunch of people and then critics saying, um, Oscar nomination, like this was amazing. Yeah. And stuff, platforms are not so full of things right now, streaming platforms, that stuff gets lost. They're not to that point yet. That might happen someday, especially with Netflix. We find out they're having a new release of something literally every day of 2021. But there's enough people out there that can like bring some of those things up up to the surface. And Godmothered is just going to stay not watched, I think. I just don't yeah, think, I think there's enough right. people that would, that would enjoy it. I think you're right. Um, it's time, you know, as we usually do, for shout announcements. But man, Bye, you that, just got me oh, thinking. I we were rating it. <laughs> you just got me thinking. I want the circle season two so bad. Oof. Yeah, I'm ready for it. It's just, I'm, it feels like co- the most COVID friendly show of all time. And I can't <laughs> believe we're not already in season five. Right? Yeah. Aren't they, they're filming it, right? Aren't they filming? I, dude, I heard they cast in like, I thought it was like May for season Ew. two. And then we haven't heard anything about it since. Maybe it's been going this whole time. It's going to be the longest season. Maybe they're filming a the bunch sphere. and they're just going to circle dump. Like they're just going to like so many seasons at once. I'd be okay with that. I just I just feel like it's so COVID friendly. It's like show up and then isolate in an apartment for six weeks. Jokes I mean, on you. I already Island. do that. Yeah, that's true. And all they, they do is swap spit, you know? So it's like, hey, these other people aren't going to really see each other. Dang, I missed the circle. We were all so young and naive back then. We didn't know. We just didn't know. Let's go to show Just hear that podcast jingling, ring, ding, dingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for announcements together with you. announcements. I know I don't normally sing for this one, but uh, it just occurred to me that there were other Christmas songs I never got to during this series. And I wanted Dude, to- Dude, you got to get them all out more. today. I'm going to die if I don't, I think, is what, <laughs> oh, I've, no. what I've come to realize. Uh, welcome to Shout Announcements. It is the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. You know, you get it. You know the drill. Already. Hey, and- are you listening to this episode? Are you liking it? Have I got news for you? Next week, we're not doing an episode on this feed. I'm so sorry you have to hear it this way. We will. We'd however, rather you hear it from us. Yeah, listen, it's going to get out. You're going to. We want you to hear it from us before you hear it from somebody else. There will not be an episode on this main feed. However, if you are a patron, next Tuesday we're releasing perhaps the thing that you've missed the most about this year. Uh, when you can't gather with all of your loose acquaintances with whom you share office space for an uncomfortable holiday party, why even celebrate Christmas? Well, we're mm. here to bring you that pleasure. We're inviting you to the Two Chunks in a Hunk company holiday party. Uh, and that is releasing next Tuesday, December 29th. So if you're a patron, you'll have access to uh, Sounds that, like it might be a great time to become a patron. That exclusive it'll invite. A, it'll be a special time. It's actually going to be really Truly. awesome. Yeah, I'm real pumped about it. 
don't yeah. know why you guys are giving it this little this little color of it's going to be disappointing. I'm pumped about it. No, I'm. I'm it's I'm not. Excited. I mean, it's Carter, not Godmother. Stop it'll still making be good. it sound like it's going to suck, Carter. It's going to be awesome, and I'm sick of I your negativity. Tend, I do tend to lean that way. I do apologize for my eternal pessimism. And listen, we want you to just have enough time to bask in that holiday party afterglow. You know, you got to let it sit for a while. If you start something new too soon after that, then suddenly it's all going to roll into this just one big feeling of good vibes and happiness. And, and we that, can't have that. We can't have that. <laughs> listen, this has to be a distinct and unique pleasure coming from this holiday party. And so for that reason, we are taking January 5th off. We're taking a break. We're hanging out with our families our wives, our loved ones. We just need a break from all the fans and all the attention that podcasting brings. We're just regular guys. You gotta, just, you gotta just, give us some space. We're just still three you know I mean? guys. Put my pants on just three one guys. leg at a time. And then go make- Put my pants on two legs podcast. at a time, just like everybody else. But January 12th, the week after that, uh, we are returning, and I would say with a vengeance. No, it's not Die Hard. Sorry. I know that was misleading. No, what we are doing <laughs> is we are bringing back fan favorite, Choosers- choice where we each will be bringing two movies connected by one element. And uh, this time that element is we're going to be bringing an actor or actress of our choice. Uh Um, We're going to do a a mini deep dive, uh, two movies, two different roles. It's going to be, honestly, I'm I'm really, really excited about this. I think it's going to be an awesome series. Yeah then our patrons will have an opportunity as well to contribute to that series. Am I right? Oh, they will. Oh, they will. So be on the lookout. Guys, 2021 will be here before we know it. And there's something that I don't want to happen in 2021. And it is for me to revert back to just kind of the vicious ratings overlord I was when I started Mm. this podcast. If Mm. you ever wanted to go back… Uh, I kind of got through it. I got over that season of my life. We're but, proud of you. We're really proud of you. Yeah, we've been so long without like rating and review that I'm not saying I'm discouraged. I'm just mad. Mm. And I, I'm I don't not disappointed. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm not disappointed. I'm just really angry. Um, <laughs> but ratings and reviews, I can't tell you how easy of a process that is. Uh, we had, in looking back at 2020, one of my favorite moments is we did have uh, Katie Pesless on the show with us. And she gave us an example during one of our announcements as she was actually rating it during the time that it takes for her to make an announcement, which is about 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. If you like our podcast and you haven't rated it yet, please go do that. Really go over to iTunes, uh, rate that. And then if you have the time to review it, that's awesome. We love to have that feedback and it is good for that algorithm for other people to discover us. Much like uh, Denmark. Was it Denmark that we were the highest growing you wild. That was our highest growing. You country. wild and crazy Danes. We grew three hundred percent in Denmark on Spotify we grew 300%, last year. Yep, and that is because of of things like rating and reviewing and, and getting the word out. So please spread the good news. If you if you haven't uh, figured it out yet, we don't plan to stop very soon. We just told you about our plans for the next year, mm. basically the next mm-hmm. two years. So there's at least a two year contract with the four of us. And so. make no mistake, that is a threat, and we will follow through. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So I guess we should talk about the plot or something. Um, the whole news thing is wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a swing and a miss for Jordan on the news front. The wildest thing about the news front is that there are four local news stations in this town and they are legitimately fifth place in ratings. That's the impossibility. The, the, the impossibility that breaks this movie for me. I'm willing to accept godmothers and a world called the motherland where all godmothers live, but that is mathematically impossible. You cannot be in fifth place out of four places. So I can't tell if you're trying to make, so uh, um, hold on. I can't tell if you're trying to make the point that I have dumb reasons that I dislike things, or if you're trying to make the point that there is a point where a joke becomes so world-breaking for a movie that it's not even funny anymore. Right there. It's that second okay. one. I'm not I making fun of you. I agree with it. Well, I'm I not didn't, making fun of you. I, I didn't that know if it was the, actually the rules for the made me angry. World. No, no, no. I, it made me quite angry. I agree with you. If he had said the joke, we're fifth place and there's only four guys, come on. You know, like if it had been a joke from him to make a point, then sure. But the yeah. fact that he, in this world, that is true. They sucks. are factually in fifth place out of four. How? <laughs> there's, yeah, it's just, it's that it's not in the right place. That kind yeah, of I think you're right. Not supposed to be here. I think yes. you're right because anything that what is that character by the Apatow way Apatow has done or whatever is is like yeah you're trying to say Judd Apatow that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> Apatow Apatow I don't know um, I say any to silly I say Will Ferrell led movie like that is like yeah okay that's hilarious. the character We're Grant the the leader of this news station what is that character who knows who, what is he supposed to be you know what it should have been. Ben Schwartz playing that role, yeah. being over the top wild. So that's true, one hundred percent. That is definitely. I true. feel that way about almost every role in every movie because <laughs> yeah, I love fair. Ben Schwartz. But here's the thing, right? It's like they wanted it to be news, but they were like, "But we want the energy of um, like a record company." Like he was supposed to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like his his whole energy was like over the top executive record producer. Yeah. And that he was like, he was like, I press gold plate of records every day. Like, you can't stop me. Look how many shoes. Like, he was supposed to be like, we're signing deals. We're wheeling in deals. But he just hosts a local news channel. And I, I feel like maybe that joke could be really funny if it was a joke. But it felt like it was not a joke. And it was supposed to be, the whole news thing felt like it was supposed to be some sort of commentary on something. Yeah. But I well, couldn't like, find what it was. He gets so hung up on like, do you know Flying Saucer? Girl, right? Who cares? Who cares? Like, that doesn't matter, dude. And the they yeah. they so one of my least favorite tropes is the. And you think that's a great idea? Well, you're right. It's an incredible idea. You know what I mean? Like that turn yeah. that's yeah, not real. And they that? do it like three times with this same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like there was conflict in the writing room. I think we've talked about that before with other movies, and those movies don't really come to mind specifically. But it does feel like. This had no identity. Yeah. Of, there was no through line. No. Yeah. And it was a mess. And, and speaking of, uh, Jordan, I think you said it, it was trying to make some kind of commentary. Yeah. yeah. Like we have such an aggressive uh, point to make at the end of this movie. Yes. And I, I hate to jump straight to the no, end. No, let's do it. But uh, the basically the, the one that's like, love is love is love is love. Right? Which is is... That's fine. But where did that come make that from? Point. We saw that in Happiest Season. Right. Yeah. But but then just to just to it's like Disney was like, ah crap, we're progressive. 
<laughs> oh crap, we forgot. We forgot Dead that it's okay it. for a woman's true love not to be a prince, but to be her family or just general familial <laughs> love. Right. But it was like that came out of nowhere. Right. Like, there's no breadcrumbs for me to no. come and be like, wow, yeah. Oh, she was learning all along. Yeah. Out loud, but, out loud when she was like, I choose my children as my true love. I said, ah, yes, your children, who you've had three scenes with in this entire movie. Right. She like doesn't interact with her kids in this movie at all. Right. Well, and, and let's let's look at, while we're on this train, let's look at the, the party, um, the celebration of their ratings where um, Eleanor turns Isla Fisher's dress into like a courtesan dress from- I know, she shows up looking like Marie Antoinette. Eleanor- and again, because Marie they Antoinette. didn't, they nice because they couldn't decide Did nothing was, but Marie Antoinette. <laughs> because they couldn't decide whether Eleanor was elf levels of out of touch or not. This doesn't work because she is not out of touch enough to think that this is what people wear. In fact, she sends Isla Fisher to go get clothes. You know what I mean? Like she clearly knows that this is not the look. She doesn't yeah. spend the whole movie confused because she's only familiar with uh, medieval or colonial concepts or whatever you want to call that time. Right, because she is she's notably not Amy Adams from Enchanted, right. who turns the dresses into turns the curtains into these kinds of dresses, right, and thinks that this is what the world right. is. She clearly does yeah. not. So when she it's transforms such a better movie than me. Isla Fisher's dress and hair, it is so stupid that it doesn't work because it's like. This is, I get that this is a joke you wanted to land, but you have not laid any of the groundwork for this joke. Because even the sparkly dresses, if, if we're supposed to be these godmothers love Cinderella, it, like that vibe, this is not that vibe. It's still not Cinderella. Yeah, it's not yeah. even the right vibe for the joke. Like when the godmother says, at the beginning, when she says, we're going to party like it's 1699, suddenly I don't think I want to know what year Cinderella takes place in because 1699 doesn't That doesn't feel sound right. like it's correct. Maybe it is. That doesn't sound right to me. It was, yeah. I think, you know, we poke fun at how blatantly cookie cutter Hallmark movies are. Yeah. Even down to, it is always every, Chelsea was bringing this up the other day, every trailer for a Hallmark Christmas movie ends with an absolute spoiler. We see the people that yes. uh, are supposed to be in the relationship, a relationship share a kiss. Right. Like yeah. It's the exact same thing. And even on the covers, we have someone wearing green and someone wearing red. Every single time. It's yep. bizarre. Um, but Christmas movies, like legitimately Christmas movies or movies that are trying to be a Christmas movie, do kind of all follow uh, at least the same like culmination of like a trajectory, which is at the end, we must feel warm and fuzzy. And we must have uh, our characters collected uh, and either all looking in the same direction or singing the same song Right. Or at the same event and all is well. All knots are tied. But like the fact that they blew that in this movie was a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they remembered like, they were like, okay, we had someone say Christmas. Clearly there's like Christmas decorations everywhere. We had a scene, you know, the raccoon. We'll bring, this will be the great, we'll bring the raccoon back and he'll chew up the lights again. But it was like, it was just, it fell, it fell so flat. Like, yeah. It felt so rushed uh, for an element that is supposed to be the most important of the genre. They just destroyed it. Yeah. Can I super pump? Yeah, please. <laughs> Bring some light. I liked that when she made the watermelon carriage, the inside was red like the inside of a watermelon. Shut up. That's your super pump for this movie. 
I thought that it was like a pretty good looking big prop that they were in. There was kind of a funny scene there though when everyone I liked just, it. Like super when, excited. When they get in there. and they're like, wait, how does it go? And then she turns the yeah. cat into a horse. That, that not was that like part. I'm not I'm saying like that second, those yes. seconds of like being really excited and we're having this uh, crazy moment, but we're realizing we're not moving. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. That was the only laugh of the movie for me. Um, one of the only things that legitimately felt like it worked in this movie uh, was that the watermelon carriage looked like a watermelon. Wow. I'm struggling with talking about this movie anymore. And so I think what I'd like to do is talk about how it could have worked, if that's okay. Cool. Carter, have you super dumped or super pumped yet? I've done both. Here I thought you were being this episode-long tease. What did you super pump at Superdump? I super pumped Barb. Okay, I remember that now. I thought was really funny. I remember that now. I super dumped at the very beginning that this there was nothing really new about this. Okay, It was all pieces of other movies. I remember that now. Yeah, let's talk about how it could have worked. Yeah, to me that's the only conversation worth having anymore about this movie. Um, I think there is a world where we focus in either completely on the daughter or completely on what does a godmother look like in a modern context where women are not beholden to a romantic relationship with a man. So if, if we had picked a lane and the story is Eleanor shows up with all of this old school sensibility and then very quickly learns that's just not how this is going to work. And so instead says, okay, well, I still want to be a good godmother. So what does it look like for you now to have a godmother? Like, what does that what does that mean for you to have a fairy godmother yeah. now as an adult? See, I would even I would even like it if that, if she shows up ready to be like, you know, you you, Isla Fisher, are worth nothing until you marry a prince. Right. And Isla Fisher ends up almost acting like a godmother right. to her. Like, hey, actually your relationship, like your worth is not defined by your relationship to others. You have self-worth. And, and then that's how we can like learn that godmothers need to update their modus operandi, you know? Sure. Um, or I would say the other thing is that she shows up and Isla Fisher is like, look, I, the wishes that I had as a kid are not my wishes anymore. My wishes now are just, I just want my kids to be okay and to like find joy when I'm with them. And then for Eleanor to go, okay, well, I, I need to do something and then to really, really zone in on, well, what about your kid? Does, does, does she need anything? And then we can find out that Isla Fisher doesn't know what her kid needs because they're not having those conversations. And then we can work on that, yeah. you know? But I mean, I think the simplest answer to how should this movie have worked? How should we have told a story about a classic Disney fairy tale coming to life and interacting with the modern world and getting up to hijinks? Happened is 2007's Enchanted. Right, I mean, That yeah. movie already exists and it's way better and we watched it this yeah. year. No, we'll have a sequel too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. I think there's, I think the world is wide enough for two movies cut from that cloth if one of them goes in a different direction and is good also. I think so. I think it just can't have the exact same game. Right. Like I think the world is big enough for Elf and Enchanted. They're the same thing. They're, they're to be clear, Pretty much the exact same thing, complete with a wild third act twist that doesn't tonally fit with the rest of the movie. But the world is big enough for those because they're so different. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, I would say that, and I think that that I, I just think that fairy tale interacting with the modern world, whether it's Giselle in New York City or whether it's Eleanor in Boston, is it's just the same thing again. And this is just worse to me. I I, I agree with you. I really do. I feel like the magic element of a godmother, of a fairy godmother who can do real magic is interesting. Um, 
Like maybe let's and this should have been an this should have been the enchanted sequel then. Sure. And and maybe let's take away to me the element where Eleanor's not good at being a fairy godmother. Let's make her not good at being a modern fairy godmother. Let's make her magic fine. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like she's on mission. They send the best one because we've got to get yep. something because everybody else is just not doing it and their heart's not in it. Let's yeah. And she's so good, but not in twenty twenty to keep the school alive. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Because with, with that narrative too, I think if we want to steal from other stuff, just lean in to any time a godmother has shown up in a princess. Like, Bingo. Or any kind of princess thing. Yeah. Like everything that's worked before, right? Maybe she trained old bippity-boppity, you know, and she did all this kind of stuff. So yeah. she's coming in and we have a thing to where she's trying to get Hugh Prince to like, okay, what's the shoe size? You don't even know that? Okay, fine. Has she been around apples recently? Well, get them out. You know, it's like all these like… Yeah. That's you know, like a, a little more self-aware. Yeah, just be be incredibly self-aware of your product. I Doge has I cannot name. believe I haven't talked about this yet. It, it, because the thing that made me think of this was like, if we go that route, the most accomplished fairy godmother, let's go ahead and just shoot our shot and try to cast Julie Andrews in that role. Then I realized that I haven't talked about how wild it is that the Julie Andrews movie they zone into so hard is Sound of Music and not Mary Poppins where the children have <laughs> right. a magical caretaker. Right. Isn't that <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Disney, you own and created Mary Poppins, a story about a magic babysitter. And when your Isn't magic that- person is babysitting, they go, hmm, Why probably you? sound of music, right? <laughs> but that is the level of care and love with which this entire script was treated. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, that was wild. I'm glad you brought that up. I The whole time that they were singing sound of music, I was like, this is just the wrong Julie Andrews Correct. movie. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's that level of, ah, we missed it. That I feel like this entire movie, the editing room had to be like, yeah. ah, man, we should have done that instead. All right. Well, cut it together. Like, it, mm-hmm. okay, let's also talk about, sorry, we didn't talk about the big closing song with um, Oldest Daughter. How Yeah. The only song that could have been funnier to me. <laughs> As the song for the end of this movie would have been that song that was everywhere. Rachel Platten, the, this is my fight song. Like, yes, I thought it was that song. Yeah, that is the only song that could have been a funnier, unfortunately two on the nose kind of a thing. Like, it's just so weird that it's like, (laughs) (laughs) or if it was like a super slowed down vibey version of Do You Believe in Magic? Honestly, kind of would have, kind of would have been on. Dude, also, hey, and I want to be very clear. My general vibe is not they're too chicken to say Christmas because they're afraid of Jesus. That is not my vibe as a person at all. (laughs) They never finish the line joy to the world once in this whole movie. They're like, joy to the world. Like, it's like, (laughs) you can say the Lord. It's fine. You know, and so I get funny. that that sounds like I'm like, the Starbucks cups are wrong. That is not what I'm saying. It's just so <laughs> funny to me that we're going to use joy to the world, but not why there's joy. It's so funny, dude. Yeah. The vibe is so yeah. weird. I don't know, man. Just strange energies permeate this. Certainly. Uh, well, let's rate it. Let's rate it. <laughs> We here at Two Chunks and Unk have perfected the art of movie rating using the scientific cinema scale. It's perfect, flawless, and as follows, the best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy Buy that that poster. poster. The next best thing, let's buy it. 
followed by Rent It, and then Stream It. After that is Forget It and Last, but certainly least. The worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to go first. Nope. No, you won't. Actually, me. God hath forsaken us. I'm never going to watch this movie again, and I think it's one of the worst ones we've watched for the podcast ever. Whoa. Carter, now you may go. Uh, Dude... Due to the the, uh, I'm gonna be real literal here. Had a, had a hard time talking about it because, uh, for one, I watched it a week before. Like uh, like so, we record on Fridays. I watched it on Sunday. Oh wow, ooh, long and time. If, if if five to six days is enough time to have a hard time talking about a movie, <laughs> like if that gap, it's forget it. I literally did. I forgot a lot of it, which is feeling better and better <laughs> as the days go by. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Godmother hath forsaken us. Yeah. This movie is atrocious. Like truly a train wreck. It is such a whiff of such a miscast of Jillian Bell, who is hysterical. Such a miscast of Isla Fisher, who is so capable of being charming. Like this movie is just bad. And Disney should be ashamed that they made this. I'm going to pitch you an alternate version of this movie. Are you ready? Paul Rudd. Already in? Sold. Lives in Chicago. Uh, he, his character owns a mattress store mm-hmm. in Chicago mm-hmm. and he has local commercials on the yes. air where he describes himself as the mattress king of Chicago. Okay. Somewhere in a faraway land, fairy godmothers hear this commercial. They're looking for a princess to help and they say, this guy has a daughter and he's a king. Yep. That means she's a princess. Godmother shows up to help this girl. This girl's like, I don't need your help. I'm not interested in getting married. I'm 14. We don't do that anymore. And then the godmother can learn what it's like to be a modern godmother. And we also get some Paul Rudd. Delete this from the episode and let's get a writing. Right? This is very good. Single dad. Yeah. Who also happens to be a very microscopic superhero. (laughs) Perfect. Mm. Perfect. The world's tiniest hero dad Mm. is the mattress king of Chicago. Dang, I miss Paul Rudd. I know. I need some P. Red in my life right now. Okay, good. He's alive. There's been a couple times on this podcast where I was wrong about a life. (laughs) The day Paul Rudd dies is the day. You're going to feel it when it happens. Hey, was Paul Rudd's Hot Ones this year? Yeah. No. There's no way. I'm pretty sure it was January, man. There's no way. No. Okay, we're looking at October 17th, 2019. Wait, really? Okay. That's fine. That's one of the last good things that happened. <laughs> I didn't realize that it had been that long. Wow. Wow. How are we going to end this episode, though? That's the question. I. What if we all sang a song from 2015 that doesn't really match anything else that we've done? This is my fight song. <laughs> Look, I am all for... You know me. You know me. You know this. I love a good pop princess jam. I... Love a girl power song moment. I am so you just want to do a Lipa to be the music for this Dude, movie, right? Honestly, she's she's she do a Lipa. Hey, this is free for you at home. Do a Lipa just did a tiny desk from home and it mm-hmm. absolutely spanks. So go check that out. Uh, she's also the musical guest on she's, SNL this week, and I'm pretty excited about that. She sure is. She's I nice. love her. That's for free. That doesn't have anything to do with this movie. Dua Lipa is a better godmother than Jillian Bell is in this movie. I'll tell you that right now. Whoa, spice. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Dua Lipa has brought more wow. magic into my life this year 
than Eleanor did to anyone. And great. I, you, she had a great Hot Ones episode. Yes, too. she did. Yes, she did. Very British. You know, there's British and then there's very, very British. British. Right, right. You've got like Judy Dench and then you've got like Adele. Mm. Mm. Those are both very British. To end- Judy Dench <laughs> is British. Adele is like terminally right. British. Right, that's what, I, exactly. And, and Dua Lipa like advanced, is advanced, Adele like level British. Advanced, like late stage British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stage four British. Hey, to end this episode, I want to I want to end on a lighter note. This is going to be a fun question, I think. I'd like for each of us to say our name and to say which Christmas movie we feel is criminally underrated. Yeah. Um, for Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and um, I actually have seen it getting a lot of good word of mouth this year. So I think it might be about to no longer be underrated, I hope. But uh, a movie that I had not heard much about until I watched it for the first time a couple years ago and now might be my favorite... The Family Stone is simply a wonderful Christmas movie. Hmm. So much heart. It is the, uh, it, it has that same vibe to me as the amount of like soul and crazy stupid love, but for Christmas. Saw that in theaters. I love left. the movie. Ooh, I'm Doge. I'm coming your way with something so spicy. It's funny that we talked about hot ones because this is like, I'm going to get you with that last dab mm. okay. on this. Ooh. I think that... If you can get past the absolutely soul-jarring animation. No, don't say it. The Polar Express is a great no. Christmas movie. Whoa. I think The Polar Express is maybe the best Christmas music of any Christmas That's fine. movie. I'll take that. That's okay. I think The Polar Express is very good and very charming if you can get past the hollow dead meat puppets. We have talked, have we talked about on this podcast that I can't <laughs> sit through that movie? Like I'm incapable of watching that movie. I I've hate never it. seen it. I'm sure we have. Hey, it, I'm here to tell you it's actually it's secretly good. I think the music is very good. I I don't. I'm gonna let you have this one. You know. Um, I I'm Carter, and I'll say first uh, that I think Klaus is going to be a classic. Mm, I love next that. Year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's not my movie. Isn't there that's a sequel planned? Did I hear underrated. that? I'm down. I think they could have one, but it does also feel like I would. I, I'm fine with it just being Fair. a one-off. It's modern day. It's called Klaus in the House. Klaus in the House. He becomes president. I don't know why that makes it modern. I think Holmes. No, in the it becomes house. Oh, he wow. becomes You're president. You're wrong, Carter. Oh, in the White House. Yes. Gotcha. Is that a Corey in the um, House reference? I would say <laughs> big time. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Is it Disney? Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think one of the more underrated. I really do think it's underrated, and I bring it up as a joke. But I do genuinely think that my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Jingle All the Way. Wow. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I love I Jingle like, All the Way. I love that movie though. too. Because it is uh, Jupiter Ascending Levels. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's but so fun. It's bad with an Austrian right. accent. Yeah. Hello. You punch a reindeer. You use a jetpack for the first time with your son you love it's, in the air. It's just out of control and irresponsible. Anakin. It is. So good. Yeah. You fight a factory of bad Santas? Come on. Yes. Jingle All the Way is the best Christmas movie oh, of all time. Guys, we should have reviewed Jingle All we the Way. We should have reviewed Jingle, Jingle All the Way for sure. I love that Too movie. Too late now. We'll get him next time. Polar Express. It'll be in our series, Arnold, you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> uh, using it. <laughs>
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.